Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. didn't feel like that was the call of God on her, but uh, I, I'm going to talk to her dad once more, and we'll see if we can work that out, amen? <laughs> Need to teach her how to tie that Kit Kat. But today we're doing the potluck, and it's more than just a time of food, okay? Listen, some people don't come because they, they didn't bring anything and they're embarrassed, and, and that's not, listen, that's not how we operate, okay? We, we operate and everybody gets something, even if we only get a little bit, everybody gets something, Amen? Amen. Everybody gets something. And so it's more than just a time of food. And as a matter of fact, I'm actually going to expand on what Will was talking about on Wednesday night. Is everybody, for those of you who are here on Wednesday night, do you remember what he said? Do you remember what he said? How many are doing it? He's, he said, sit somewhere different. Yeah, Helen took it so seriously, she doesn't even want to sit with her husband. I think that sounds like, or maybe that was on purpose, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I'm tired of you today, you can't care of the baby. I'm just embarrassing you, Helen. I'm sorry. But we talked about staying somewhere different. And you know why we're doing that? Because we, we really want to create a culture of fellowship within the church. We want to create a culture of us getting to know one another. We want to create a culture of friendship, of camaraderie. Because you know what? We're in this together. Amen? How many understand that we are in this together? Amen? We're going through life together, and every one of us in here have some sort of problem, don't we? Who does not have any problems? Yeah, I got 99 of them, okay? And, and listen, if you don't have any problems, get ready, because problems are coming, amen? And problems are coming. And, and you know, I, I imagine some of you this morning thought, well, you know, what happened in Israel that Josh talked about, that I'd be talking about end time stuff, and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that today. You know why? Because we just know that Jesus is coming back, right? We, can we establish that? We know he's coming back. But sometimes, sometimes what takes more precedence is that we focus on what Scripture says about coming together, amen? And that's what we want to talk about today because we want to talk about what it means to come together in fellowship and why fellowship is such a huge thing that churches have actually gotten away from, haven't they? And we can blame COVID because COVID, people became isolated and they don't want to be around anybody anymore because we were so afraid that we were going to get sick. Anybody remember going to the grocery store and having that little divider, right? So you brought your food and the cashier literally touched all your things and you took it home, but that little provider, divider was going to protect you from COVID. Wasn't it silly, the things that were happening during that time? We, we couldn't come to church, but we could go to Home Depot, what was up with that? I didn't understand that. We could go to Safeway, but we couldn't come to church, right? We couldn't go a lot of places. But, you know, that time really isolated a lot of people, and, and it caused us to, to, to realize or to think that maybe we don't need to be around anybody. And I want to tell you this morning, church is more than just coming to worship. Church is about fellowship, amen? Church is about coming together and seeing one another. When I see your face, I mean, I just, it just, I just light up. And when I see visitors, I 
light up, not because our numbers are inflated and we can put more money in the pot. No, I'm excited you're here because we get to fellowship with one another. Amen. I love each of our intros. Uh, what do you call it? Our weirdness. I guess it's the best way to say it. And I don't mean weirdness in a negative way. We're all weird. I'm weird because that's what makes us us, right? But I love that about us. I love our personality. I love how each person here is able to contribute to the kingdom of God because in reality, that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? And so I want to I read some scripture with you, but before I get there, I want to tell you that the early church knew the importance of fellowship. The first century church understood the importance of fellowship. Let's read this scripture together. Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through 47, if you could put that up for me. And he says, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And I got to tell you, that's my message every day. Amen? That's my job to tell you, be saved from this perverse generation. Amen? Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word, they were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Praise God. What a revival. Man, I, I tell you what, I get excited when one or two people get saved. Can you imagine 3,000 people getting saved and accepting the Lord? Wouldn't that be awesome, Janice? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? I don't know where we'd put them, but we'd find a way, wouldn't we? We'd take them to Randy's house or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Champ would be there. and we'll, well, I'm not sure how that would work. <laughs> But they understood the concept of going out and witnessing. And I believe this church understands that. I love how you go out and you share the gospel. I love how you go out and you witness to people. I love how you do that. And it said, the verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In other words, they understood hanging out together wasn't simply just hanging out, to use a term from from the millennials in Generation Z, amen? You guys, for those older people, what hanging out means is that we're just, you know, together, okay? <laughs> I have to explain that to people from my generation and above, but to the younger people, hanging out means that you're chilling, okay? And so they were just, everybody understand that word, chilling? My daughter cringes every time I use one of these new words. She says, Dad, just don't. <laughs> And I will tell you, as a young pastor, I am hip to the things that we need. No, I'm never mind. I'm not going to say it. But they understood. They, they, they steadfastly were in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread. You know what breaking of bread means? That means they were eating together. They were eating together. Isn't that awesome? They were eating together. And... and uh, and in prayers, amen, they were just eating together, they were in the doctrine, and they were praying. And I want to explain to you this morning, is this is the threefold thing that every church needs. They need to be a student of the word. They need to be in prayer together, and they need to be in fellowship together. This is what defined the first century church. People just didn't get saved and you never see them again. That's what happens in churches all the time. People get saved and you never see them again. I want to tell you today, we've got to get them saved. We've got to get them into fellowship. We've got to get them into prayers. Amen. That's what's necessary. It's not about, listen, Jesus, 
Jesus didn't say go out and save the world. He said go out and disciple the world. Amen. Listen, salvation, praise God, we have it. But we need people to be a part of what we're doing, not to grow this church. I don't really care where they go to church unless it's somewhere bad. I want them to go where they can grow. Not everybody's going to want to be here. But I want to tell you this morning, I want to see people in fellowship. I'm tired of Christians being alone and feeling alone and like nobody cares for them. I will tell you today, you must leave here today knowing that people care for you. You must believe that. Amen. Now, you can, you can be all, all sorry-eyed and say, nobody cares about me. And I will tell you that that's not me talking to you. That's the devil talking to you, okay? Because I want to express publicly to you every single person in this room, no matter what color you are, no matter what gender you are, if you are confused about your gender, whatever it is, I want you to know that you are loved in the house of God today, not because I love you, but because God loves you, amen? God loves you. God loves you. When we come together here to work on our salvation, amen? Is anybody in this room perfect? No. But we're working on it, aren't we? And we understand that we have to call sin, sin, don't we? We understand that we have to address sin, don't we? We understand that we have to get better, don't we? And the way we do that is we come together in fellowship. We come together in love. We come together in like-mindedness. How someone can come from a different part of the country and come here and as if they never were anywhere else or a part of anything else, we become one. Amen? See, that's what the church is. And the world can't duplicate that. The world tries to say, we want diversity. They can't do diversity because they don't know how to do diversity. We are the church and we are supposed to lead the way and be the example because it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter any of those things. The foot of the cross is level, amen? We are one, we are together, we are love, and we are creation of Christ, amen? We need to be careful. I'm going to preach here in a minute. Praise God. They got together. They continued in doctrine and fellowship. And then you know what happened when they did that? The Bible is very clear if you look at the steps. The Bible says, Then fear came upon every soul, verse 43, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. You see the progression there? The church is not the church anymore because we've forgotten how to fellowship. And because we've forgotten how to fellowship, the signs and wonders that are supposed to follow are now not there because we don't know how to love one another like we ought to love one another, amen? We've forgotten what it means to love people. We just want to be in our own little circle and pretend nobody else exists. Let me tell you something, that is not of God. If the only person you know is you and your wife, then you are wrong, amen? I'm going to tell you right, well, pastor, nobody talks to me. I'm going to give you a hint here. You talk to them. If they don't talk back to you, that's on them, amen, okay? I want to tell you that you need to be engaged this morning. You need to love and let people love you. You are a part of this church. We want you to know that we will love you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you came from. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have money. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care if you're this. I don't care if you're that. What I care about is Jesus in your heart, amen? That's our common factor is Jesus in the heart. I may not have grown up like you. I may not have experienced the life that you experience, but what I do have in my heart, such as I say to thee, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have Jesus this morning. Well, pastor, 
I don't believe the way you do. Okay, I'm going to say this as bluntly as I can. And if it offends you, get over it. Okay? If you don't believe the way I do, don't care. That does not keep us from fellowship. And that's what's wrong in the church is we let, we let little things, little belief systems keep us from fellowship. I'm going to tell you, and if you read the scripture, you know I'm talking the truth. Not everybody agree with Jesus. Come on now. Remember Jesus said something and everybody left him because it was too difficult to hear? Now, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. I'm just saying we're not going to always agree. But what we can do is love one another. Isn't that what the Bible says in John is to love one another? Isn't that what he said? Then if the Bible says we should love one another, then what does that mean? If the Bible says that we should love one another, then what does that mean? That means that we should love one another. Amen? Okay, come on now. Don't make me come down there. If we're supposed to love one another, what does that mean? If we're supposed to love one another, does that mean we love you based on your politics? Come on now. We got some Democrats in the house today. We got some Republicans in the house today. We got some people who don't care about government in the house today. Guess what? None of that belongs in the house of God. Amen? Because we love each other. Amen? This country, this country has become divided and the church has some way put itself in the middle as part of that division. Brothers and sisters, we don't need to be the divisor. We need to be the healing, amen? And I realize we can say, well, God brings division. No, God doesn't bring division. We bring division, amen? God is love. God brings unity. God brings healing. It is our actions. Now, when we say something that may cause division, we're speaking the gospel. I understand that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that we have to speak love. We have to speak truth. We have to speak compassion. And it really starts in the house of God. Amen? It really starts in the house of God. How many people have left because they're lonely, because nobody talks to them? How many people have left the church because someone has said something that hurts them? They try to give them advice they have no business giving advice on. How many people have left the church hurting because they weren't attended to? Brothers and sisters, we must have fellowship. Praise God. I'm going to get to my message eventually. Praise God. See, I'm a little frustrated this morning because churches, churches have become businesses. Churches have become these corporations now where you have a pastor who goes off into a green room and nobody can talk to him. And you can only get there if you have a certain amount of money. And they all go into a room and they're all separated from everybody else. That's not church, brothers and sisters. That's an entertainment show. I'm going to tell you right now. There's cliques in a church. And if you do this, you do that, you can be a part of that clique. That is not church. That is a social club. Yes, I'm saying it this morning. Amen. I'm calling out the social clubs, and I'm saying the church needs to be the church. Amen? Well, pastor, there's a click here. First of all, if there is, I want to know about it, because I'll take care of that right now. I'm not kidding with you. I don't like clicks. Well, pastor, you guys go out there and pray every Sunday. Yes, we're praying over this service, and guess who's invited? You are. There's no qualification. You can just walk up and pray with us, amen? And if it gets too big out there, guess what? We'll come in here. You know why I pray before service? Because I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. I want to know. I want to know what God's going to say. And guess what? During that prayer out there, I say, okay, God, I want you to know here's my plan for the day that I feel like you gave me, but you're welcome to interrupt. And guess what? He interrupted a little bit today, didn't he? 
God, if you have something you want to do, then go ahead. That's fine with me. I'm cool with that. God, if you want to take over and I don't preach, that's okay. I'm, I'm here to do whatever you want me to do. Amen? Listen, God can do whatever he wants. But if you want to join us in prayer, then guess what? You can join us in prayer. Amen? I don't care. I want everybody to pray with me. Listen, if, if maybe if people came a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Lordy. <laughs> okay. You don't have to walk in church 10 minutes late, okay? It's not a rule, okay? But if you come early and you prepare your heart and you say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to receive you, you know the funny thing that's going to happen is that God's going to start talking to you, amen? God's going to start, listen, don't worry about what I'm saying. I could say something wrong sometimes, amen? But it's amazing that when you start fellowshipping with God's people, when you start, when you start communicating to people, remember that verse in James 5.19 where it talks about when you confess your faults one to another, that the Lord begins to heal, amen? We begin, we've lost that, amen? The churches have become... The churches have become corporations, and the, the pastor has a security team. You ever been to a church like that where their pastor has a security team? That's like the Pope driving in the Pope mobile. I can't figure that out. What are you afraid of, dying? I thought you are going to heaven, amen? Listen, I don't need a security team. I got this angel here, this angel here, when I'm back. And if somebody wants to take me out, praise God, I'm going to heaven. I don't care, amen? Listen, we got to quit worrying about that stuff, okay? We need to quit worrying about stuff and realize that the pastor doesn't need a security team, okay? The pastor doesn't need to be elevated more than anybody in this church, okay? Listen, all of us are ministers and priests unto the Lord. He's just chosen me to lead. That's just how it is, okay? And I want to tell you right now that when we have fellowship, amen, there is healing in that fellowship. But churches have made it where they've elevated the pastor to almost idol status. Have you seen that before? Where the pastor comes up and there's a holy hush across the church? Man, I've never had that here. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Listen, we don't need that, amen? We don't need it where the people go up and they say, we worship you, pastor. No, no, don't ever do that, okay? I mean, people don't say that, but their attitudes are like that. Listen, we don't do that here, okay? We are not a corporation, I am not senior global pastor, amen? I, I am not some figurehead that speaks on behalf of God in that sense, like the Pope does. I'm a man called by God to deliver the word for right now. Amen. We are not a corporation. We are a church. We are raising up young men and women to preach the gospel, Amen. You know why I have people come up here and open the service? You know why I have people come up and do the tithe and offering? Because I want you to see it's not just about me. It's about them. We are growing young men to, and young women to be ministers of the gospel. Amen? I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart we're going to be sending young men to the villages. I believe we're going to be sending young men and women not only to the villages, we're going to be sending them to other countries. Amen? I had someone express to me, oh God, help me. I had someone express to me this morning that they felt the call to mission work. And I said, oh, praise God. They said, Pastor, would you support me? And I said, yes, I'll support you. Yes, I'll be there for you. Yes, I'll do it, amen? Because my job as the pastor is not to keep you in your seat, but to send you out, amen? Well, Pastor, what if your church is empty one day? God doesn't work like that. 
God is constantly sending new people to train to train and to raise up, amen? But that's what fellowship is for. That's why we have fellowship. Because I want to tell you right now, there's people in this church that are hurting. They're hurting, and they need God. And you know what they need? Is they need someone going up and putting their arm around them and just simply telling them they love them. Pastor, I'm not comfortable with that. There's a lot of things I'm not comfortable with. But man, we need to love people. We need to put our arms around them. And there's, there's people who are introverts and they're uncomfortable with those things. And I understand the psychology of that. But man, if you can't go to church and feel comfortable, why are we even here? Why? Come on, I'm seriously questioning that. Why are we even here if you're not willing to be ministered to? Why are we here? What are we doing? I'm just wasting your time and my time. We come here for a purpose, not just to lift up God, but to lift up each other. Amen? Come on now. We are here to reach up each other. See, the experience of church is more than just this message. It's more than that. It's more than just this message. It's about the worship. What happened this morning in the worship? Did you feel that? If you were up on stage, man, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. The Spirit of God was up here. I don't know if you felt it out there, but it was overwhelming. The Spirit of God is about His presence. It's about the worship, amen? About feeling the energy around you. Okay, millennials, Generation Z, let me rephrase it for you. It's about feeling the vibes, y'all. Are you vibing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I cannot use my wife as an example Today, last week cost me $40 at Joanne's. I cannot afford to use her an example for another couple weeks. For those of you who don't know, when I use my wife too much, she says, you owe me Joanne's. And let's just say Joanne sent me a gift card thanking me for my business. <laughs> when you're on a first name basis with the manager, that's all I'm saying. Amen. That cost me Joanne's again today, didn't it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's about vibing, y'all. See, that knowing the struggle that someone's going through, when people walk in and you know they're struggling because you can see it, you can sense it, and then watching them overcome. Some of the greatest stories that I hear from some of you is how you came to church drunk that day or high. Remember that? Came to church high. Pastor, why are you smiling? They came high because they're not high anymore. They're not high anymore. Amen. Pastor, why are you excited when somebody comes to work, come to church drunk? You should be upset. Why would I be upset? They're here. Spirit of God can, here's a word, deliver. Come on. Come on, the Spirit of God can deliver. That's the worship experience, amen? See, when you come into the presence of God, when you come into church, it creates this amazing triangulation. There's a big word, huh? Triangle. You have God. You have yourself. Then you have the fellowship of the people. And if you want to get closer to God, that means you've got to get closer to people. Amen. What happens when a triangle gets smaller? 
That means the difference between the two points becomes smaller. That means you've got to get closer to people. Pastor, I don't like people. Right? Some people feel that way. I don't like people. Can I tell you something? I'm with you on that sometimes. There's times that I don't like people. Go ahead and judge me. I know I'm pastor and that's fine. But sometimes I just, I go into Fred Myers and I just kind of want to go into Fred Myers, okay? But then I'll walk up to somebody and I'll see them and, and they say, Pastor, can you pray for me? And guess what? I don't have a choice to, to hate people at that moment. I need to pray for that person. Amen? Or I don't need to just go into Fred Myers and ignore everybody, amen? I need to go into Fred Myers ready to do the work of God, amen? I need to go into Fred Myers and let people know that God loves them. I'm going to pick on Mary right now because I can. She's up there, I'm down here, she can't say anything. But people at Fred Myers know that Mary's works back in the pharmacy department. They seek her out to pray for him. The pharmacists seek her out to pray for him. And she shares these stories about how she's able to minister the gospel. Amen. Randy, at his job, at his work, he plays worship music so loud you can't even think. But people come up to him and say, hey, what is that? That's church music, isn't it? Listen, when you love people, I know it's hard to people sometimes, isn't it? It's hard to people. But you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it. Quit being an isolationist and realize that God wants you to love people and he wants you to be loved in return. Amen? It creates this triangulation. And now, can you experience God on your own? Some people say, well, pastor, sometimes I just, the Bible even talks about it. I just love to go in my closet and worship God. Yeah, that's true. I'm with you. You need that alone time with God when, when you can talk to him. I'm totally with you on that, right? But he also says, just so that we understand what the Word of God says. He also says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, can you bring that up for me, Nick? He says, and let us consider one another. In other words, think of someone more than you. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. How many people have given up coming to church? How many people have given up coming to church because of circumstance or hurt? The Bible says, no, we've got to come together, amen? We've got to come together, amen? He says, but exhorting while there's so much more as you see the day approaching. Do I have to remind you one more time that Jesus is coming back? There's been a lot of preachers on TV trying to connect what's happening with Hamas and Hezbollah, trying to say this and that. I tend to not do that simply because we don't know. I mean, yes, yes, it is predictive. Yes, it is proof that it's going to happen. But we don't know if this is it. We don't know. All I'm going to tell you is Israel's going to get attacked one day and God's going to come to the rescue and then we're going to go in the rapture. That's all I can tell you, okay? I'm just being honest with you, okay? But what matters right now, as the day approaches, and I know some of you have been hurt by church, okay? I get that. I get that. I understand. I, we can share stories about being hurt by church. I've been hurt by church before too. But I want to tell you today that none of that matters because the devil was trying to destroy something in you that was not of God. He was trying to use the very thing that God loves against you. And he wants you to say, come back, be a part of something. Not necessarily so much about the church, but about fellowship. Amen. We need to be together. 
Last night I had a great time at Will's house. We went over for Sophia's birthday. Can you believe that she's turning 18? Wow, those of you who know Sophia, I thought she was 12. Is she not 12? I saw her cake and it said 18. I said, Will, you made a mistake. And, and, and she, she gave me some ice cream and she knew what my wife said about how much sugar I can have. She, she gave me about that much ice cream. And I said, Sophia, I am your pastor. You need to do it right. And she looked at my wife and she started shaking her head. <laughs> I said, Sophia, and then I went the guilt trip. I said, Sophia, don't you love your pastor? Don't you love your pastor? <laughs> oh my goodness. I love our church. So I was like, don't you love your pastor? The guilt trip. And she looked at me, she says, no. <laughs> We've always teased each other, and we just had a great time of fellowship at Will's house, and, you know, and, and I've spent some time with some of you. I had such a, a great fellowship with Josh, and, and i got to tell you a little story, and I hope this doesn't embarrass you, Barbara Jean, but it probably will, and you get mad at me, and if you do, so what? I don't care. I'll just tell Josh to make you forgive me, like he can do that. But I imagine church being like this, Okay. Will everybody just kind of bear with me in this example? We were, we did the wedding ceremony, and it was beautiful. And, and we went downstairs. They had way more people than they anticipated. It was hilarious. And, and they were so nervous. And we went downstairs, and we were getting the food together, and everybody was a little hungry. They were starting to get hungry. And, and we did, you know, I did the prayer over the food, and, and we were getting ready to eat because there was some great food there. There was some... Uh, uh, Cajun food, uh, some uh, crawdads and shrimp, and it's just oh, it was awesome. And I, and then we had uh, uh, some fish eggs, and uh, they tried to get me to have some, and I wasn't quite there yet. Uh, and so we we had this wedding, and it was a beautiful ceremony because we had the blushing bride, and she was just so excited. I've never seen Barbara Jean smile that much, and 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 uh, Josh almost smiled. We were close. <laughs> we're close. We're close. If you've ever been around Josh, you know what I'm talking about. He went like this. He went. <laughs> we were close. It was there. I'm not wrong, am I? <laughs> and, but it was, I got to tell you what happened next. And this is how I imagine God the Father, okay? We did our introductions, and all of a sudden, Tony, Barbara Jean's dad, stood up. He goes, Pastor, I want to say something. I'm like, dude, I'm hungry, but okay. I'm not going to disrespect him. I'm kind of hungry. And and I noticed there was a little bit of unsettledness, but he wanted to say something, so I respected the elder. I said, okay, go ahead. And he said, I want to, you guys were there, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? He goes, I want to take time to introduce my family. And one by one, he went and introduced each person and told them how special they were to him and how much it meant to him that they were there. I mean, this wasn't like, here's Bob and Sally Mae, and I know those are good clinket names, but <laughs> he said, here's this person and this person, but he said, here's this person. This is how they're related to me, and this is what they mean to me. Some of you know where I'm going with this, right? I see God, the Father, 
interrupting service and looking at his angels and says, hey, this is, this is Carol. I brought her all the way from North Carolina. Nobody understands her. <laughs> but she's a part of this fellowship now. I sent her there because she has a word to do. Oh, here's Colleen. You guys remember her? When, when she first came here, she was in a bad way. But look what I've done in her life. Can you guys just see God doing that? Come on, can we just have a little bit of imagination right now? And here's my Ukrainian friends. God bless you. God brought them here. Sorry, I get emotional. And then God brought each one of you here. And God is like so proud at this moment. Dory brought you and Ida, he brought you and everybody. And PJ, I'm so glad you're back. PJ had a mini stroke and he's back. Go ahead. Man, do we cast Ohio State out of you? <laughs> no, they're not. Actually, probably they will. He brought Jamie here. He brought Henry here. We brought Robert here. I mean, can I just, he brought you guys, Brian, and he brought you, amen? Josh, I'm still figuring this out. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He brought you here, too. He brought your new family, Amen. I'm, you guys understand where I'm going with this? The father's like telling the angels to be quiet because he's like, these are my people right here. He brought Janice here, amen? He brought Rachel here. He brought my mom, my wife, my daughter, my son. Kayak, he brought you here, son. Man. Caleb, he brought you here. You drug Felicia, and I'm glad that you did. He brought all of us here. Can you guys understand how proud God is? And that's why we need this fellowship. Parents, don't you wish sometimes your kids would just get along rather than being mean to each other? Don't you think that God feels the same way about us? I don't care if you're Ukrainian or you're from Metlakatla or you're from Huna or you're from Cake or Angoon or wherever it is, or maybe you're from North or South Carolina. God wants us to get along, amen? He wants us to get along, amen? I love when I was at the dinner, I was talking to a woman and Alaska is kind of a unique place because if you talk one or two names, they're going to know that person. And even though, even though this person and I had never met, we knew a lot of the same people. And I love that because there was a connection made, amen? If you leave church and you don't have a connection, then something's wrong. Because our connection is Jesus. Our connection is Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I just saw Barbara Jean's dad do that. And it touched me. Because I just see God saying, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're around people that love you. 
Well, pastor, I, I was hurt by church. Can I lovingly say you weren't hurt by church, you were hurt by people? Can I tell you that? Church doesn't hurt, church heals. And I realize you identify those people with church, and I get that, I've done the same thing, but church doesn't hurt, amen? Maybe I've hurt you. I've hurt people and unintentionally sometimes, maybe even intentionally, and I will tell you I love you and I'm sorry, but can we just love one another, amen? Can we forgive each other? Can we look at each other and say, I forgive you and I love you and hug each other and realize that that gives the devil more of a black eye than anything we do? So many people are so interested, amen? Man, people get crazy. I bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus. Ah. Listen, if you really want to bind the devil, hug your enemy. Well, that was tough, wasn't it? Hug your enemy or the person you think is your enemy. Hug a person that's a different race than you and love them, amen? Hug somebody. Listen, I, if, if you're uncomfortable hugging somebody with a different gender you are, then don't do it. Hug someone of the same gender. It's okay. If you don't want to be hugged, we respect that. But there's got to be some kind of physical connection there, amen? we got to somehow connect because we are not just people showing up here. We are part of the kingdom of God. Fellowship can get you through difficult times. Think about David and Jonathan. David was called to be king and his father, his, or his, not his father, but Saul, the king, was trying to kill him. And Jonathan who was supposed to be king, became his friend and was willing to sacrifice that for his friend, David. His fellowship got him through tough times. Can we talk about Paul and Silas in the prison? I know if you've been in jail, you know how difficult that can be, amen? But you know what they did because they were together? They started singing songs, amen? They didn't have a beautiful voice. As a matter of fact, their voice was so bad, there was an earthquake. <laughs> amen? You ever heard someone sing so bad you thought there'd be an earthquake? Amen. I'm telling you, some of you are pointing at each other, and that's okay. Listen, it, some people say, well, we need, to have, we need to have everybody singing great and wonderful. Listen, that's nowhere in the Bible. The Bible said just make a joyful noise. Amen. And a joyful noise comes from here, not here. Amen. I want to tell you right now, they started singing, and they were just looking at each other, high-fiving. Even when they had chains on them, they were high-fiving each other. They were probably singing this song, What a Mighty God We Serve. Well, probably not, but let's just pretend they were. Maybe they were singing, maybe they were singing, I'll fly away while in the prison. They sung so loud that the earthquake happened and everybody got saved, amen? When you have somebody with you, you can get through it. Think about the three Hebrew children going into the fire. The Bible says that they were dancing in the fire. You ever been burned before? You ever put your hand on fire? Does it feel good? You're probably doing like this, right? Well, what they were doing, they were in the fire. They were just dancing around like this. I realize I'm a bad white dancer, but let's just pretend I'm a good dancer, okay? They were just dancing around and having a good time. And it was so amazing because in their dance, the Son of God showed up and was a part of it. Amen? And see, that's the problem with corporate churches is they put the emphasis on excellence. We've got to be excellent in everything we do, and they've translated excellence to perfection. You've got to be perfect, 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 perfect. I'm going to tell you right now, we are not perfect. And guess what? I embrace that. 
You know why? Because if we're so worried about perfection, we worry that we worry less about using the Spirit of God to flow through us. Amen? The Spirit of God. I'm not saying we shouldn't strive to do better. We should all, we practice, we do all those things. But the Spirit of God has to move through. Amen? People have to feel the Spirit of God. And if you go to a church where everything's perfect, then it's not a church. It's an entertainment complex. Yeah, I said that. Where is your fellowship? If fellowship with the world takes precedence, then you will struggle with your faith. You become who you hang out with. Young people, listen to me. You is who you vibe with. You guys, you guys feeling me? They'll be vibing with the wrong people. Listen to this. 1 John 1, 6-7. You guys love me. You know you do. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, come on, we lie and do not practice the truth. Ooh, that's not me saying. That's Scripture. So in other words, if you claim to be a Christian, but you're doing wrong stuff intentionally, you lie. All right, here we go. Coming down. If you say you go to church and you're a believer, and you proclaim that, but yet you walk in the world and do the things that the world does, you're a liar. You're alive. That hurts, don't it? It's the truth. I didn't say it. The Lord said it. You're a liar. But guess what? There's grace and mercy at the cross. Amen? There's grace. You can turn things around, but I'm just going to call it what it is. You're a liar. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to people around you. And worst of all, you're trying to lie to God, but it doesn't work out that way. Amen? Let's keep going in the scripture because I want to read this to you, and I got to get done because there's fry bread downstairs. Please, God. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another. See, some of you can't fellowship with each other because you're walking in the darkness. Mm. Just letting that sink in a little bit. You're walking in the darkness and you don't want to be around people because it exposes who you are. Listen, can I, can I tell you something right now? Nobody's judging you. People come into the church, sometimes they, they tell me, People are looking at me weird, and I'm watching. Nobody's looking at you. I tell you who is looking at you, and the Spirit of God's looking at you, saying, get it right. Okay? Can I just be straight with you? Nobody's looking. If you come in wearing a dress, nobody's looking at you. Especially if you're a guy. Nobody's looking at you. The Spirit of God's looking at you, saying, you need to change. Nobody's looking at you. We're not here to point out your sin because we got sin of our own, right? And how can we point out sin when we got a plank in our own eye, amen? I'm telling you, we're here to love each other. Well, you need to recognize that we must have fellowship with one another, and that begins to, you know what it does? It begins to heal. Fellowship heals. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. What? That was for you Gen Z's. 
Come on, we're going to have fun with this. If you, the more you groan, the more I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell some dad jokes in a minute. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you, you know when, you know when a, a dad joke becomes a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. Some of you got that. When it becomes a parent. Listen, when you have fellowship, when you have fellowship, you quit worrying about what you've done in your life because we're not here to judge you. We're not. And if, if, if you feel like you're being judged by somebody, then you come and talk to me and we'll, we'll address that, okay? Because I don't put up with that. Well, you know what happens is when, when you come and you start to fellowship and you realize a lot of us are going through the same thing, then you realize there's healing there, brother PJ. There's healing there. There's healing there. And what happens is the blood of Christ comes in and he heals. If we somehow reached all the people that were hurt by church, this church would fill up 10 times over. Can I say that again? This church would fill up 10 times. I'm not talking about what happened 100 years ago. I'm talking about within the past 20 years. What happened 100 years ago, that's a whole other issue. We're not going to talk about that today. We've talked about our past. We're just talking about just church hurt in the past 20 years. This church would fill up 10 times, amen? Listen, we need to let people know this is a hospital, okay? You don't have to be perfect. Just, man, just like, just like the, the prodigal son dad said to him, he said, just come home. Just, just come home and let, let God have his way in you. If you're willing to let God touch you, if you're willing to let God minister you, I don't have to say anything to you. The Spirit of God's going to do it, amen? You're not, this is not the gospel according to pastor. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Let God have his way. And guess what? We're not going to agree on everything, and that's okay. My wife and I don't even agree on everything. Well, until I agree with her, and then we do <laughs> There goes Joanne's again. <laughs> There's a couple weeks she didn't come, and the manager called me, and she was worried about us. I'm just joking. <laughs> See, the problem is that some of you want to hang out with friends you've hung out your whole life with, not realizing how bad they are for you. I'm going to give you a scripture that most people equate to marriage, but also equates to friendships. He says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Pastor, aren't we supposed to go out in the world? Yeah, but some of you are letting the world change you. Jesus drank with sinners. Listen, Jesus hung out with people, but they changed, not him. They changed, not him. As a matter of fact, the prostitute came and washed his hair with her tears, amen? The tax collector gave up his money and his job and repaid everybody. One moment with Jesus and they changed. Some people you hang out with don't even know you go to church. Just letting that sink in a little bit. They don't even know you go to church. Somehow it slips up, I'll go over to Glacier. You go to church? I didn't know you were a Christian. 
Well, you know, I just, you know, I don't really go. I just kind of hang out there. Yeah, that's exactly right. You hang out here. You don't, you're not, you're not here. I tell people all the time, don't, don't just come. Come and be here in the moment. Be here in the moment. Let God do something in you, amen? Let God have his way in you. And Steve, don't just, don't just take my word for it. Josh, you were changed by the word of God, amen? Randy, you were changed by the word of God, amen? Colleen, you were changed. Man, you want a testimony. Colleen needs to give her testimony one day. We're going to talk about that, amen? Yeah. Helen, you were changed by the word of God. PJ, you were changed by, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. God did it, amen? God did it, amen? God did it. See, God said this. God created man to have fellowship with us. He wants to be with you. Can I tell you that? He wants to be with you. If I were to go up to President Biden to vibe and to hang out with him, what do you think would happen? Secret Service would tackle me. Amen? I'd probably get shot. Some of you are laughing. You think that's pretty funny. Because they won't let me near them. Well, guess what happens either next year or five years from now? President Biden's no longer going to be in office. And the next president will take over. I say that not as a reflection on him, but our God, the Father, has been in that position for eternity, and he will not relinquish that post. And yet, he wants to spend time with you. Come on. He thinks that you're interesting. Oh, pastor, I'm not interesting. Yes, you are. I love each thing that each of you bring to the table. And the fact that some of you don't see that hurts my heart. We got some preachers in here. Amen? There's going to come a point where I'm not preaching every Sunday because God is raising up some preachers, and I'm okay with that. God is raising up some musicians. We need musicians up here, don't we? God is raising up some singers. I love that Carlene's daughter sang with us this morning. Man, I love that. That was great. You know what? Her English, she, she's trying. She's, all she knows is French right now, but she was up here worshiping God, and that just touched me. Amen? God is, God is raising up. God is raising up Sunday school teachers. God is raising up children's church workers, isn't he, Mary? He's raising up children's church workers. But it comes when you have fellowship. Now, some of you, you're going to rush right out that door as soon as I pray, maybe even before that. And I don't want you to feel guilty about this because maybe you're not ready, okay? And I get that. Because apparently, I'm a little extra. <laughs> All my young people understand what I just said. Maybe not. I don't know. But don't rush out. If, you're, if you don't like the people yet, that's okay. We'll still love you. I don't know how much food we have downstairs, but we'll figure it out. 
You may only get a little bit today, but it's okay. It's more about the fellowship. Amen? It's about the fellowship. Rachel, I, I, I love you so much. And I had, it touched me when I was able to go visit some time with your son after he had his stroke, and God's doing a miracle in him. Amen? But I love that fellowship that I had with him, and that made me closer to you because I found out some things about you. I won't tell you what they are right now. <laughs> I'm only joking. I love fellowshipping with Margaret yesterday as she goes to surgery tomorrow. And I, for those of you who know Margaret Martin, she's going in for, for surgery. And, and I went in just to try to encourage her. And as I'm in there, I'm crying, laughing so hard because she's making me laugh because that's just the way Margaret is. I told you one thing she said. I said, okay, don't go anywhere. I'll come back next week. She goes, where am I going to go? <laughs> that's just Margaret. I mean, she's, what, in her 80s or something like that? I mean, she's, you know, but she was just cracking me up. And, and she led her doctor in prayer. A doctor who was an atheist, she led him in prayer. Amen? She led him in prayer. I got I to share this with you. I got to share this. She said, the doctor says, I'm amazed by you, that your faith and how God is moving in your life. I don't understand this. I want to learn more. She goes, let's pray. And he prayed with her, amen? Praise God. Listen, that's what it's about, amen? That's what it's about. I'm not worried about building this church with numerics. I don't care about that. I don't, I, listen, the moment you don't have access to me, then something's wrong. Listen, we need, we need access not to just me, though. We need access to each other. And some of you may complain, well, pastor, you're not available because of this, that, and that. Yeah, I work a job, and yes, I have a life, and I try, but I'm not always there. But that's why we need each other, amen? We need people that we can call and talk to. People like Richard and Will and Mason and Randy and other people in this church that they can call and talk to and know that they'll pray for them, amen? Who's ready to eat? I kind of slid that in. Who's ready to eat? Are you buying hungry? I know you're hungry, Randy. My little man back there, you're raising your hands like, I'm hungry, yeah. You guys ready to go eat? Here's my request to you, okay? Here's my request to you. Please don't sit by somebody that you know, like your bestie. Older people, best friend. <laughs> Please don't sit, sit, by, sit by somebody you don't know. Sit by an elder. Can, you, can we let our elders share their story with us? Elders get frustrated because they can't share their story, and there's things that they tell us that are important. Let them share their story. Ask them. Ask them. Ask them. They're, man, they would love to talk about their life. Amen? And we need to be respectful of that. We need to listen to their story. Amen? If you sit by Fred quick, he will tell you his story. Amen? Sit by somebody. Serve them. And love on them. And don't leave. This day, and help clean up. We're not going to have church tonight because this fellowship that we do right now is actually more important than prayer at this moment. Trust me, we're coming back to pray. But right now, fellowship is more important. I want you to stand with me, please. I want you to close your eyes. We're about done, I promise. Close your eyes, please. I talked about being isolated. When Eve was deceived, 
Please listen to me, okay? When Eve was deceived, she was alone. When David fell into temptation with Bathsheba, he was alone. When Elijah fell into a depression, he was alone. When John the Baptist questioned his faith, he was alone. Now tell me again why church is not important. We need each other. We need each other. Everybody's head bowed, nice closed. I'm going to ask you one question before we go. Then we're going to pray over the food. Everybody, heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Is there anybody today that you see, Pastor, I need to accept Jesus in my heart. I, I, need, to, I need to renew my heart again. I, I've, I've not led a life that's right. I need to make things right that's you, we're going to welcome you into his kingdom. And all you're going to do is you're just simply going to raise your hand. If that's anybody, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you have not accepted Jesus into your heart, is there anybody? I'm going to give a moment. listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.